Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. With a new year comes tons of new big games in sports. With big games, you need big stakes. Kansas City Stakes has the cuts you crave to celebrate the playoffs and the big game. Visit KansasCitySteaks.com slash game day and save up to $25 on combos perfect for game day. Plus, get free shipping with code BLEAVE. That's capital B-L-E-A-V at checkout. Try out the Snack Pack Combo featuring small packs with big flavor, mini beef wellington, steak burger sliders, mac and cheese melts, shrimp wrapped in bacon. Every order is flash frozen delivered directly to your home. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Basically every cut of steak imaginable, plus appetizers, desserts, barbecue, and so much more. Again, go to KansasCitySteaks.com slash game day and use the code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V at checkout for free shipping. Kansas City Steaks, big games, big taste. Support for the ISO is brought to you by Manscaped. Yep, that's right, Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Well, brought my wife in on this read because it's a little awkward. (laughs) Thank you for that one, Dan. I actually think that this is something people probably have issues with and aren't exactly sure where to turn. And that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released a new and improved lawnmower 3.0. Now you might think, is this something I need? Have I ever had an incident when I probably could have used a Manscaped? Dan, I don't necessarily know that this is something you've ever had an issue with, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. Well, here you go, folks. Right now, get 20% off and free shipping with the code ISO20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code ISO20. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network the number one podcast network for professionals. It was neat to see you play, and it's fun to talk to you all these years later because you played with a lot of joy and you played with passion. And I've seen Dan Dicko hit some big shots in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> Every morning when I'm working out, I'm listening to your podcast. Keep up the great work. Well, you know, I got to salute you, man. Like, I've been watching you since I was in high school trying to mimic all your moves. I think there were a lot of kids who looked at Dan Dickow and said, Dan Dickow can play at this level, I can play at this level. Welcome to another episode of the ISO with myself, your host, Dan Dickow, for SB Live Sports, the Believe Podcast Network. Today's a repeat guest, somebody that I'm looking forward to hearing some of his takes on the current college basketball season, who he likes, the things that are catching his eye. Fox Sports, FS1, Pac-12 Network, analyst Casey Jacobson. Casey, 
We text all the time. We don't get to see each other in person too often these days, but how are things going in Southern California since we've last connected on a Zoom call for the ISO? Oh, Dan, it's great to be with you. I cannot complain even if I wanted to. Um, yeah, the, the pandemic in California still rages on, of course, so a lot of things are shut down. Every game that I call in the Pac-12, I have to call with a mask over my face, which, you know, as a broadcaster is super weird. Uh, not great, but hey, man, we got hoops going on, and I know some games are being postponed and whatnot, but we are doing the best that we can as a college basketball entity, and I include you and I in that. We're not players anymore, but we are a part of this. We love this game, and uh, we love these young student athletes. Um, so just to have games going on, to have a job to do uh, is super exciting. I've been really busy uh, calling some games and, and just grateful for it. Yeah, it's been interesting times for sure. Preparing for games, calling games, as you mentioned, with a mask on, calling some games from home for me. Uh, but at the end of the day, we're, we're getting to, to stay involved with the game that we love, basketball at the college level. It's been, it's been good, but a challenge. You were a very successful high school player before you had a tremendous career at Stanford. And I've always been intrigued by the McDonald's All-American game as so many other fans are, but I've been intrigued in, in how the selection process worked for somebody like yourself who made that game and what some of the milestones might've been in giving you hope that you were going to make the game. And then the feelings you had in being selected as well as, you know, being a part of that game. Can you walk us through the steps that it was like becoming a McDonald's All-American? Yeah, this is a long story, but we don't have that much time, Dan, so I'll try to make it as quick as possible. I don't even think you know this, but I was not originally selected for the McDonald's All-American game in 1999, which was my graduating high school class, despite the fact that I was one of the top scorers in the entire country. Um, you know, my, my senior year averaged 33 a game at Glendora in Southern California, and uh, I was ranked as, you know, like one of the best players in, in California, one of the best players in the country, and I didn't initially make the game. And my coach, as you can imagine, was up in arms about that. And uh, anyways, he recruited a brigade, uh, uh, an army, a small army of people who um, I wrote letters, phone calls and stuff like that uh, to Morgan Wooten, who was the head coach at DeMatha in, in Maryland. And he was the chairman of the McDonald's All-American Selection Committee. And wouldn't you know it, like maybe four or five days later, after they made the initial announcement of the original team, Morgan Wooten made a statement and said, we have made a mistake. And for the first time in McDonald's All-American history, we are going to add another player to the game. I'm pretty sure you don't know the story, Dan. So, no, I, yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, so normally there's only, there's 24 total players, 12 from the West, 12 from the East. In my year, there was 13 from the West and 12 from the East because I got added. Because guys like Jason Capono made the initial squad uh, over me and my stats like almost doubled him not that I'm saying I'm not saying that I was double the player that Capona was certainly was not sure. but my resume and my number certainly um, earned that spot anyway so they they corrected an error um, so I actually did get to go to the game and, and um, yeah so it was a dream come true it's a big deal for for people who don't know I mean that's like that's the one big award in high school like you can win the state player of the year from wherever yeah. you're from but to be recognized as one of the top 24 or 25 best players in the country is probably the biggest honor you can have. So anyways, I went to the game, Dan, 
it was in Ames, Iowa. So it was at Iowa State University, Hilton Coliseum, where, where the game was played. Um, and it was truly remarkable, man. They had, like, when you get there, you got a swag bag. It was sponsored by whoever shoe company, and you get your uniform. And, and then you actually go and, and practice. And, and you, you can imagine this as a player. A practice with 25 of the best or, excuse me, high school players in the country is pretty competitive. Everybody wants to show what they can do and why they're there. So, um, and, and of course, you're not practicing. Like, we're not running sets and stuff. We're just playing pickup because that's what we do, you know? So the pickup games were super competitive. And then the game, uh, real quick, and I'll end with this, Dan. Um, I felt because of my situation, the fact that I wasn't initially on that, that 24-man roster, I had a huge chip on my shoulder, about the size of California. Um, and, and on that chip laid all my brothers and my parents and all my friends and all those people who wrote letters to Morgan Wooten um, to say, hey, you made a mistake and left Casey Jacobson off the list. So I, you know me, we've been teammates before, Dan. I'm super competitive. Uh, and sometimes I can turn into a psychopath when I step on the court. But this particular game meant a lot to me. It meant a lot to where I was from, how far I'd come. And I really wanted to prove that I belonged there. And um, so when I, I did not start, I was not in the starting five, which was fine with me. I came off the bench and I immediately made my presence uh, known. And I ended up having, <clears throat> I, I believe it was 23 points in the game. I was the second leading scorer <clears throat> in the entire game. So, um, it, you know, I, I went home you know, like, like proud of, of what I accomplished and, and, and glad. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it have sucked, Dan, if they left me off that initial roster and then I get in the game and I go 0 for 10 with zero points and don't make an impact? That would have sucked. Yeah. <laughs> so I was glad that I validated uh, that I deserve to be there. Tremendous story. I had no idea. Uh, I knew you were a McDonald's All-American. I remember you had a good game, um, but I didn't know that's how your participating in the game came about. Well, yeah. They made the right choice in adding you to that. And I know Jason Capono was a tremendous player and other guys earned it. But obviously, you know, for you to take that chip on your shoulder, as you talked about and perform uh, was was something that I can tell you have a lot of pride in. And I would uh, unbelievable story. I really loved hearing that. Now let's get into college basketball because that's what we, we cover on almost a day-to-day -day basis. We read articles, we're in touch with coaches, other analysts, just trying to get some insight uh, and different viewpoints uh, as we prepare for games. Has there been one team or one player uh, that maybe was overlooked in the early preseason rankings that's really kind of you know caught your eye, caught your attention? Uh, Gonzaga is the easy answer. Baylor is the easy answer. Villanova, those three teams, I think everybody knew at the start, those were going to be the best teams, but who's been an upstart to you? Um, man, th there's a lot. Uh, I mean, to me, Villanova, Dan is the program that I envy so much. Um, Villanova is, is doing it differently than, uh, Duke and, and Carolina and Kentucky and Kansas and even Gonzaga because Gonzaga is now getting flat out studs every single year now. Uh, Villanova doesn't get McDonald's All-Americans, and yet every single year, I mean, they've won two of the last four national titles. They're number three in the country as we are recording this podcast right now, Dan. I just have so much respect for Jay Wright and what he does, and it's uh, not just one guy sticks out on their in their program. Um, you know, Colin Gillespie is their point guard. 
And, you know, I don't know if he's going to be an NBA player, and I don't care, but he's a fantastic college point guard and is a guy that I would love to, to play with and have as a college teammate. So um, Villanova's program sticks out to me. What Luca Garza is doing again, Dan, like having to come in this year with expectations of being the man and, yes. and delivering, it can't be uh, understated. And Iowa is a top five team this year. Now, they don't have a good defense, okay, but they are good enough. And their offense is uh, top two in the country. So, like, to me, Luca Garza deserves all the attention that he's getting. Uh, and we shouldn't uh, forget that story. And then the last one I would, I would say um, is Andrew Jones for Texas. Texas is having one of their best seasons. But, you know, Andrew Jones was known as the kid who uh, was diagnosed with leukemia a couple of years ago. And, uh, you know, worked his way back to, to be becoming a contributor last year for Texas. And now, Dan, if you've watched Texas, they're a really good team. They, they, they lost last week. Um, and so they'll, they'll bump down just a little bit. But, like, Texas is a, a top 10 program for sure this season. And Andrew Jones is not only, like, a, a contributor, he's one of their best players. And to me, what an example of, of you know, perseverance, uh, strength, and being a student athlete in 2021, uh, Andrew Jones for Texas. Angie's list is now Angie, and caring for your home just got easier. Whether you need help with routine maintenance or a dream remodel, Angie makes it easy to see reviews, compare quotes, and connect with top local pros who can get the job done right. Plus, you can see upfront pricing and instantly book hundreds of projects. No phone tag, just the work you need done at a time that works for you. Angie's got your to-do list covered from start to finish. Book your next home project today at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Yeah, that is a, a great story of overcoming uh, leukemia, as you mentioned, and then understanding and knowing you got to get healthy, then you got to have a chance to be a part of a team again. And he's overcome those obstacles, those hurdles to now become an impact player. And that was, that was fantastic to see that game winner a week or so ago. With all the prep that you do with the broadcasting, I, I'm, I'm curious to hear where analytics fall in your prep because some guys um, really, in my opinion, overvalue the, the number side of it as opposed to using the experience of having played the game and watched the game and being around the game to describe what, what you are hired to do and share uh, on a broadcast. Where does analytics fall in with your prep? That's a good question. Um, they, they certainly play a, a part of it. But just like anything, Dan, um, you want to have balance if you're going to do your job fairly and accurately. You can't just be a slave to numbers because numbers only tell part of the story, right? They only color half of the picture. The other half you know, are the intangibles, we like to say uh, in, in athletics, the things that can't be measured, your heart, your resiliency, your character, a team's culture. Like those things, they don't show up on a Ken Palm website. Um, they don't show up on a box score. Um, but, you know, having said that, stats matter, Dan. They, they, it matters if you are a player who's averaging 20 points per game but shooting 40% overall from the field. It means that you're you're not a, a an efficient scorer. Um, it, it matters if you're a point guard that averages five assists per game but also averages three and a half turnovers per game. I mean, that stuff matters. And so you can't just, I could say, hey, so-and-so averages five assists a game. He's ranked, you know, fourth in the Pac-12. It's great. But you know, leave out the fact that he's a turnover machine and, and oftentimes doesn't make good decisions. So just like anything, Dan, 
when we are, we're the color analysts, which means that we're supposed to color in the picture, right? And, and fill in and, and tell the audience how and, and why things happen. Stats and numbers play a part in that. Um, but then you also have to, you know, there's a human element. There's just an, an eyeball element to it as well. But when I do my prep, I do uh, always check KenPalm.com. Uh, I, I also check out the website HoopMath. It's hoop-math.com, which tells uh, the st statistical variations of where a guy shoots well on the floor, where, where he shoots from three, from mid-range and at the rim, how where a team shoots in transition, all that stuff. Because, you know, the, what, what you're looking for is outliers, right? The, the stats are really helpful when they show you an outlier. There's like, well, this guy's, you know, shoots 80% at the rim or this guy shoots 0% from, from mid-range. It's those areas that really help you kind of understand more the nuances of the game and uh, each individual player on a team. Give me your final four. Who, who's going to be in Indianapolis that final weekend um, in the NCAA tournament? Yeah, well, I, I cannot – there is no reason why anybody – and I, I believe this – there's no reason why anybody should not include Gonzaga and Baylor. There, there's just no reason whatsoever. And they can even lose a game. Let's say Gonzaga loses their next game and Baylor loses their next games. I don't care. They are clearly the best two teams in the country. And to me, it would be shocking if either one of those teams lose. The rest of the nation, Dan, wouldn't be shocked at all if Villanova lost in the second round or Iowa loses in the second round. Not at all. Not shocking. So Gonzaga and Baylor. Now, there's a team that I really like that has not performed that well, but I really believe they're a tough team, and that's Tennessee out of the SEC. Their offense has been a little bit up and down, but defensively, they got Eves Pons. If you haven't seen him play, he's a treat. Uh, one of the best defensive players, if not the best defensive forward in college basketball. And Rick Barnes is their head coach. Haven't seen him in a Final Four in a bit, maybe ever. I don't know if he's ever been to one. Um, but I, I like their team a lot. Um, and then, you know, I want to put in Virginia, but I can't uh, just because they're not quite as good as that, as that national championship team. Um, a couple years ago. So I'm going to go with the team out of the Big Ten and, and Michigan. There's a lot of teams out of the Big Ten that you can choose, like Wisconsin and Iowa are both really good. But Michigan, to me, has no weakness. They did get beat by 20 points against Minnesota on the road the other day for their first loss. But then it was kind of a, a, an abnormal performance. They really didn't make any shots at all. If they play at their level, the Wolverines don't have any weaknesses at all. They have inside, outside. They have leadership and experience. I like their team. I like those picks, and I agree with you, GU and Baylor. Uh, if you're not including them in your final four picks, then you haven't been following college basketball this season. I think they're head and shoulders. I I, I haven't heard many people on the, on the Tennessee train uh, as strongly as you are, uh, but I definitely like the Michigan pick. Uh, Jawan Howard's doing a, a great job there. Wanted to ask you before I let you go, uh, recruiting has changed from when you and I were growing up to now. If you are giving advice to a, a young high school student athlete as far as what to look for in a program, uh, how to handle your recruitment process, what would that advice be to a young kid? That's a really good question. Um, and I would say the first thing that pops into mind, Dan, is the fit of a program. I think a lot of times kids get too caught up in the, the name on the front of the jersey, whether that be Gonzaga, Duke, UCLA, 
and they don't consider where they would be most successful. For instance, kids out West, Dan, a kid is, is a really good high school kid, but he doesn't have the elite talent that makes him a you know NBA prospect, at least not right away. Those kids often, like, they want to play at the Pac-12 because I want to be a Pac-12 player, or I want to go to Gonzaga because I want to compete for a national title and be ranked in the top 10 every year. But they don't quite consider the fit that the coach plays or the fit of the roster. Like, are you going to go to a, a roster and have to wait two years to play behind a really good player, an upperclassman? And if you can do that, great. But if, you, if you're not willing to do that, then you need to go to a program where you will be better served. Like, you know, maybe you go to St. Mary's instead of going to Gonzaga and you have a better chance to play for Randy Bennett, one of the best coaches, top 25 coach in, in college basketball. So that's my biggest advice to all of these kids is to not get so caught up in, in labels, rankings, the name on the front of the Jersey. Um, I, I was a player who um, I had never sat the bench before. And I know that I wouldn't be, wouldn't have been able to do it well um, if I would have been asked for that smaller role. And so because of that, I wanted to go to a place where I could play right away. And so, you know, I, I went to Stanford and it worked out. Um, but I, I just think kids need to consider the fit more than they need to consider how cool it would look on their resume to say that they're being recruited by Gonzaga or Duke or UCLA. Great insight. I, I couldn't agree more. I think the fit – uh, is something that not enough high school coaches, AAU coaches, and parents are pushing kids to look at because uh, at the end of the day, if it's not a good fit, you're going to be one more player that enters that transfer portal. And as we're seeing, it's growing by the day in college mm -hmm. basketball. So, well, Casey, I appreciate the time. Thanks for joining. And we're going to have to make this somewhat regular because I love your insight it's always great to connect and catch up and uh, you're always welcome to be a guest on the ISO. Dan, I appreciate it, man. Appreciate your friendship and I'm happy for all your success on CBS and Pac-12. I'll follow you, buddy. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network the number one podcast network for professionals. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.